Welcome to the fifth episode of Zabani. This is a podcast event brought to you by the Statesmanship Program. We at Zabani plan to bring to you atypical topics in an unconventional manner. This week, we talk about the education system, the flaws in it, and the challenges that it faces, and the current reforms that have been brought around. I am Mehul Joshi, an editor at the Statesmanship Program. I'm a first-year economics student at from Mumbai. With me today here is Yashika. Uh, hello everyone, I'm Yashika Singla and I'm a 12th grader from Saida School for Excellence and I'm a volunteer at Statesmanship Program. So as you've seen, today we'll be having two people who are in the education system talk about how the education system works. So before we begin, Yashika, do you have anything for us? Like, would you uh, like to say anything? So basically, uh, I think the topic today is very relevant to all of our lives given that we are a stage where we are actually experiencing what education system is like, which reminds me of a sentence I read in my sociology textbook which said, school is a place which evaluates and assesses individuals with a socially accepted yardstick, a focus on the word socially. And that is where in lockdown I decided to retrospect and retrospect about how for these uh, 12 or 13 years, how much has school been poignant in building up what I am. And as a disclaimer, if any of educators have taught you or might be teaching me, uh, listen to this podcast, this is just a manifestation of frustration. I do not intend to offend any individual Visual. I have immense respect for them. So, yeah. So, I mean, school is a place from where we actually started to learn about the world after family. I mean, the cliche school is our second home thing. So, I think it is very much necessary that we talk about what are the shortcomings in this specific sector. Yes. So, like, I couldn't agree more. I think it's important to realize that when you point out the flaws in the education system, you're not pointing fingers at educators because they themselves are a part of a system which is inherently flawed. And that it has had its own achievements, but then there's a lot we need to address as well. So let's start off and let's talk about how there is this entire system of rot learning at schools. Like we're talking about teachers, right? There's literally a song called Rattama. So, uh, I mean, there is this, in we as a society have somehow made it like, when you say education, it somehow has become synonymous to mugging up facts and, you know, just blurting them out. So, like, Yashika, what do you think about this, given that you're in school right now? So, basically, the kind of curriculum we have, I am a humanities student with subjective uh, topics which you learn but yet our uh, evaluation of knowledge about those subjects is very much objective which is in terms of marks rather than knowledge or understanding so when it comes to abiding by a certain set of points from which we have to write question students have no choice but to resort to road learning because they cannot write any points which is outside their syllabus scope as they defined it or the textbook prescribed points so it actually it is it is very convenient for people to not research and go in depth because they have this specific set of five sentences which they have to mug up write an exam get marks and then they flourish in the career apparently uh, from that so i think i mean this is a very toxic and rigid sort of learning pattern because we are just you know, that, that is very theoretical. There's no practical application of that knowledge we have learned. I mean, we can talk about the statistics of how many rapes happen in India every day, but there's no point mugging up the stats when we are not working to stop that thing from happening in our societies. I mean, road learning is a very outdated uh, concept. And I think at this point, 
it is one of the major drawback of education system because those people who cannot mug up and who cannot memorize stuff they often you know fall back in class fall back in marks and they do not get into good universities or get good admission which actually is not very valid when it comes to measuring the socially accepted uh, success yardstick yeah i mean i completely agree on all the points there like as an art student myself like i started from commerce and like now i'm doing arts and trust me both the places it's just the same thing people are just mugging it up and i think you rightly brought up how you know we've made everything what's socially acceptable education isn't supposed to be socially acceptable it's supposed to change the social mindset it has to be framed in a manner that makes people question the status quo if education continues to uphold what is socially acceptable the society would never progress and as you said like admission so like we are seeing uh, you know colleges in the delhi university declare cutoffs as high as 100% and then that makes you realize how are people going to get marks that high and the thing is that, that not everyone is you know capable of mugging up and not just because you know everybody is framed differently but there's something called learning disorders well existing right that also brings me to another thing that you know i've been thinking about how mental health learning disorders like even if you say that you know schools have become accepting to people to children with learning disorders it's just those very few kids who have the privilege of having parents who are ready to get their kids diagnosed and get proper treatment but then there's like thousands of kids out there who have dyslexia and a lot of other learning disorders which never get diagnosed because their parents themselves are so hesitant and not just that like in general people with anxiety people who are suffering from depression schools just turn a blind eye to it it's you bahana mar rahe hain as you know they would say so the entire so how do you look at it yashika i mean we saw this very amazing movie called tare zameen pe which talked about dyslexia which is the first movie to actually introduce the concept of dyslexia to indian society and we saw that people with learning disabilities uh, most of the time they are ignored as mischievous hai masti kar raha hai they do not actually try to understand what is the reason of that behavior and from my personal experience it has happened many times uh, maybe some of my peer friend is having a panic attack or they feeling choked and we literally have to disguise it with the excuse of a stomach ache or headache because it is very uncomfortable for us to approach our teachers and talk to them about our problems i mean uh, when you go into school you're spending 7 hours there maybe somewhere at some point of time there might be issues which a person or student is going through which he or she cannot talk about i think there's a uh, lack of empathy in this kind of school environment we have and even talking about psychology curriculum we talk about anxiety right and i still i i recall it very vividly in my textbook uh, how to pre- how, i mean measures to be taken when a person is getting anxious go and talk to an elder i mean this is a kind of learning we are having where we are trying to prevent anxiety by talking to adults which is extremely disheartening because this is not something feasible under pragmatic practical solution which lies so yes i mean mental health is something which is not which something not even educators or students are accepting and there's a lot of stigma in education system whereas education system is the one who's supposed to remove the stigma around this topic yeah i mean exactly like you already said how education is something that's made like now education has become something wherein you're testing people on their socially acceptable uh, you know tendencies 
and moreover this entire thing that you know it's something different that this ostracization of mental health in general that you know people with anxiety people with depression are somehow different that you know that even people like you and me like we could have anxiety and it wouldn't show on our faces it's not written on someone's face that this person is you know going through something in life so i think this general stigma that we and this entire gaslighting that is perpetrated by the system that you know um that somehow they believe that humne kar liya to tum kyun nahi kar sakte at this attitude that that somehow somebody else's problems are always you know inferior to somebody else's struggles i think that entire system that we have put into place is just extremely toxic you know in its existence i mean the uh, basic place where we can see the lack of mental health and education system is rising rising suicide rates of student i mean if our education system were so aware about our mental health i think those numbers would have not been as high as they are so in total mental health is a place i say where education system has failed because we have uh, we have discrimination in our school which actually manifests itself into some sort of hidden depression which teachers do not unintentionally realize or even students do not realize when the bullying culture goes on in school they do not realize how much traumatizing it can get for somebody and apparently with the entering of uh, virtual learning at this point of time zoom google meet classes on that they have brought in a lot of uh, change and students are not ready to maybe adapt or accept the change so i think schools need to realize that there needs to be bit of efforts taken to make the child understand make the child adapt they need to have interaction the child increase communication understand what the child is going through there needs to be an individual attraction uh, interaction with each and every child group sort of system it does not work yeah exactly like now more than ever you need people to be cautious about mental health because now the dynamics have changed like if you look at the entire thing you know offline learning there's still the scope of you can physically see the people in the classroom although you know depression anxiety and these mental illnesses do not come with physical indicators always but there is a sort of you know indication when people are you know little aloof and there are signs which you know educators in general can identify because they some they're educated you know they they prepare about the thing but now while we've shifted to online learning people can easily have their cameras switched off and be sitting and that also brings us to the point that you know forcing people to switch on their cameras people with self image issues people with body image issues you know forcing them to switch on this camera this obsession with as our then burdening them with assignments i guess you would know this better than anybody else that how they've been burdening kids like so tell us about it like how has it been at school lately uh, i mean uh, okay again a disclaimer but yes uh, we have had one of our subject teachers calling us shameless and characterless when the whole class didn't switch on camera and it was it was very much intriguing amusing and at the same time very disappointing that someone who might has let it made like uh, some of those are living in joint family for them uh, having small home small space and switching of camera becomes very inaccessible because they might have grandparents around them or siblings around them and apart from that obviously as you talked about self image issues some people are camera shy and uh, i mean with all that it it, it is very weird that uh, anyway switching on the camera does not has any effect over uh, how people are 
uh, answering the class and how interactive they are. So switching on the camera is one thing I found really absurd, given that um, even there is a problem of lighting the students has had to adjust this camera like 15 20 times to get the lighting right and it becomes it becomes very chaotic i mean in the end switching on the camera and even people with network issues get kicked out of the zoom meeting as soon as everyone starts to switch on their cameras i think maybe you know teachers should realize ki ha it's not that children are not switching on the camera because they don't want to study there are students who are not switching on the camera because of real reasons i mean obviously there's been a lot of nuisance in education virtual education with people zoom crashing playing songs going offensive in the chat box but at the same time uh, their nuisance does not account for genuine problems some other student is facing i think it's really like and like again it brings us to the point that the system inherently is flawed right because it's not the educators at fault always like we realize that there's this entire system of discrimination that for is being perpetrated at our schools and not just in our schools it's the society in general that women are you know hold abuses at that it's just how and it's not even for that matter at educators fault because they have grew up in this society which has you know conditioned them to believe these things and as far as it goes you know talking about the entire other side like a few days back i had you know a person just crash into our class and abuse the teacher so in those cases you know we've seen that you know teacher there is like the offenses are getting extremely serious with explicit pornographic images being put forward somehow with teachers getting abuses death threats like that's so extent till which you've seen their own privacy being breached because you have to like at the end of the day they are also people who are sitting from their homes and trying their best to teach you but then still there's just so much you know this uh, this entire system that we've created itself is so flawed wherein you know even like even schools administrations have been turning blind eyes to the problems of both their teachers and students i mean uh, i think uh, the primary uh, the primary drawback of education system is that we have glorified teachers as infallible human beings we forget that teachers their intellect their opinions are guided by their experience and the kind of knowledge they have received so under no utopian situation can you expect them to be both politically and socially correct as well as have a neutral approach i mean there's a lot of a role conflict that is in the school environment i mean the whole system is thriving on very contradicting chaos and that is why most of us are so inefficient in practical domains of life and rationality and i mean because you have spent about 14 years in this whirlpool of confusion along with our educators and that is why we all are very much non substantial and not at all ready to actually understand what's our society and what's life like i think you brought up a really good point with respect to people having opinions right so it's but obvious that your teachers would have their own political opinions and the kids will have opposing political opinions that brings us to an important juncture in this conversation about politicization of education and how recently we saw the uh, you know introduction of the new, uh, national education new education policy 2020 where an uh, entire set of reforms has been brought into play so and you know the the government uh, has tried it has been go- it's a long standing procedure it is historic in its nature given that after a period of more than 20 years we have a new policy in place now 
but then there has been substantial criticism of a lot of you know aspects so how do you as a person who's going to be directly affected by the net respond to this okay so the thing is nep has this really good point about focusing on dealing with the learning crisis i have been facing and it it has its focus on the foundational literacy and it is trying to move away from the road based data mar and memory based learning and you know entering into the conceptual analytical and critical sort of thinking but i mean it looks quite good on paper but the implementation of the same is a very very ambiguous thing because i mean changing curriculum and removing the hierarchy of subject does not erases it from mind of people i mean in 21st century i still get calls from my relatives asking me why i chose humanities even when i you know scored decently in boards i mean just because on paper on sheets we are writing that will be eliminating um, you know the glorification of objective evaluation and getting into holistic report cards it does not imply that many parents will be out there who actually won't even go through the whole holistic report card and will just go and see what the subject marks are and apart from that uh, there's this another point of uh, educators and teachers for them also to adapt to this sudden reform i don't think so you can change a personal's personality attributes in one or two training sessions which government provides i think it is going to be helpful right it's like a double edged sword and obviously for a great glorious cause the sword is fighting a very uh, long ongoing battle but there surely is going to be some sort of blood that is going to spill on the ground and that is something which is very much concerning ki how will the whole a uh, system gradually shift from such rigid to such forward sort of thinking yeah makes complete sense yashoda to be honest like education policy is like especially a new education policy is something that in economics you'd call a prospective plan that is something that goes on for a period of extended periods of more than 20 years right and the implement it is indeed a really like it sounds really good on paper but then implementation of such policies goes beyond political parties it you know because many or times like if you see the previous policy itself it spanned across not just the current ruling party but the previous ruling party's regime as well right and the next policy indeed has a possibility of the same so in these situations what becomes necessary is that there are a lot of you know concerns as you've already brought up the fact that train you can't remove this inbuilt stigma in the heads of the people right not just that there's this entire fear about language imposition in general something our country has been dealing with ever since its creation that you know hindi imposition has been a topic of great discussion and i think the like that something that needs conversation between state governments to put forward their viewpoints like that is how you would go about a policy implementation right yes i mean for the language even uh, those students whose parents have a transferable job it becomes very hard for them to you know get uh, introduction to a regional language every one or two years i mean there are certain aspects on which there is lack of acknowledgement or the uh, lack of announcement and lack of addressal too so yeah also we came across this entire clause where in delhi peer reviewing like you do not know how far it's going to fare out but you can just have opinions and things at this point but like the entire peer reviewing thing is also very flawed because you know people who are of introverted personalities people who have learning disorders people who have mental health disorders 
people from the LGBTQ plus community, they are at more risk of being, like they do generally get ostracized and bullied by their classmates, right? And you wouldn't expect them to do well on a peer review. So that is why I think there's a lot to address and we all can have faith, you know, a healthy conversation is the only way to go hard. Like blame, not blaming people, blaming people isn't how you will go about a policy implementation. There needs to be an actual conversation between educators. We need to take in students. I think that's something that we're missing as a country. That we completely miss out on the people on whom you are going to put these policies. So that is something we... Exactly. I mean, for us, with the kind of aptitude and the skill development we had till now, the kind of knowledge had been given, adapting to this sudden a skill-based development from the kind of theoretical thing we have been uh, studying, it can actually prove to be very stressful to some students who have this habit of mugging up everything and were doing brilliantly for them, seeing a sudden fall in marks, maybe or not doing well in exams. It will actually not be, you know, very much uh, something which will make them happy. So they might be stressed, might the depression rates might peak up, nobody knows. So I think there is like a dire need of a public discourse on this topic in students and teachers together and discuss about the future course of action. Yeah, it does make complete sense that, you know, and I think the entire, you know, concept of a education policy works like that. You need to have a lot of discussion before it gets implemented. And that is why it takes so much time to just bring about one education policy. The only thing is like a conversation between two people who've just been in the system right now brought in so many flaws, you know, inherent flaws that we as people who've gone through these systems have identified. And I think people as educators are in a better position to analyze it because they are, you know, they're not just training one set of people, they're cross-generational learners they've gone across. So I think there is a need that people that, you know, the conversation itself becomes non-politicized, that it does not matter who brought in these policies. Now, what matters is how can these policies and how can the policy implementation at large be made in such a manner that is beneficial to students. Which brings us to the another point that, you know, we are saying that there should be conversation, but people who are in the system itself do not know how to put forward their points. They like, like when you talk about public speaking, people do not have those capabilities. Something that, you know, we, when we started off with the statesmanship program had in mind that, you know, to provide platform for all forms of public speaking. So it needs to be understood that, you know, NGOs like ours and a lot of other people are trying to do these changes. But as a person who's in school right now, how do you think that, you know, your, that the schooling system can provide for better personality building in your school or like in general in school? I mean, I think uh, uh, when we talk about public speaking in particular, what happens in school is at a early age, some people, they get on the stage, they get the opportunity and the support, and maybe they do have the confidence to get on the stage. And after that, it is just those four or five people who continue public speaking throughout the course of their life. Other people do not get the chance, maybe because of insecurities, they do not even try. I mean, I, I think there's uh, we need an inclusive sort of system which actually makes it compulsory for everyone to get on the stage and speak because communication is how you actually flourish in your um, future because it is a part of being a social, a social entity in this whole um, uh, it, it, my, 
but as a whole in as a social entity you need to speak you need to put forth your opinion so i believe uh, i mean uh, uh, many times it happens even when in class in the simple chapter recital teachers often criticize the students pronunciation instead of correcting it and i think it becomes very toxic and it actually leads to a lot of discouragement and demotivation in the students so they just decide to not speak at all i believe this should be a completely abolished sort of ideology and everyone should be actually forced upon space to go and put for their opinions another part which comes in there is school they try to be apolitical they're like till 12th be apolitical to any topic any issue which is going in the country and after 12 when you are turning 18 you can just go and vote on whatever you you know you're learning in 2 3 months or whatever you here is i think schools do not they do not need to take a definitive stand but they need to make the students aware of what is happening in the country and you know to have their uh, students form their own healthy opinion set because it i mean it is a youth which is going to take country forward having a youth unaware about what is happening about around them is actually something which is not good for our whole country our whole economy so yes that's i think i couldn't agree more like on a lot of points especially when you talk about public speaking it's so same and i have been one of those four people that you talked about who get those opportunities and it's because it's good for you like i have had that opportunity but i feel bad because people were you know denied that opportunity from beginning itself like and it's pretty toxic as a culture that we follow at schools at generally in places so i think you're very right on that and as far as it goes with politics i think politicization of education is wrong but politics in education is wrong because education itself is political how can you separate like you know when the effects then in schools itself we see women getting you know indiscriminately affected by a lot of things something as simple as sanitary or you know facilities in a school they indiscriminately have an impact on women than men and not just that the society in general people who come from marginalized communities there is racism in school there is casteism in schools that we all have witnessed not just that even people from you know the lgbtq plus community in schools they face a horrible amount of uh, oppression even in these spaces and i think that's where trauma starts for a lot of people as well and it wouldn't i think schools don't need to say that this party is the best or this is the best ideology but you need to let that conversation happen you need to let your kids talk about those things you need to let like for example let them criticize the government let them support the government in either way let that conversation happen in your school so that there is an exchange of ideas and who knows you know what comes out of that conversation so i think yeah that that you know there should be that discourse happening the people that kids need to get empathetic about each other and i think if at an early stage you are letting people understand and you know put forward op- opposing political opinions they will be able to develop a basic understanding a basic empathy of respecting each other's opinion something that i think now that we as a nation face a lot of problem with hate speech being so prevalent that you know people from all political like every person across every poli- like the political spectrum being so harsh on the people from any opposing views so i think that's where we is we need to improve upon yeah i mean when we talk about politics it does not actually limits itself to parties it actually extends to you know several issues and problems which exist around us i mean uh, 
as a sociology student it was very much weird to see my classmates not knowing what cnrc was when it was introduced and you know i mean it is it is actually uh, it is the kind of diversity we have it leads to diversity in intellect and in knowledge consumption it leads to a lot of imbalance in the education system amongst peers i mean schools actually need to put forth a platform for students to have their own logically and rational based opinions about the reality of life we cannot forever live in this bubble of theoretical concepts wherein we do not know what actually goes down in a real life besides the four wall of classroom we have yeah exactly like i mean it's not just schools for that matter like i am in first year of my college and like as a person who's doing a b like i am doing in ba and i attend classes wherein people are talking about like the society at large people are having political science classes and then they do not have an like they don't they cannot analyze things such as ca and nrc like you can oppose you can support but have an opinion at least like what's the what's the what what are we learning if you cannot put forward a simple opinion or a thing like and especially sociology subjects like sociology history geography people, like these people need to be way more aware there needs to be conversation and not just them so that matter people from you know stem fields from science in general like they have this attitude that they are not they are somehow separate they don't need to have an opinion like how does it make sense at all i think it just reminds you that the, there is a lot you need to work upon and that you need to like do you have anything that you know you think how how can the system be improved something from your end like how do I you mean- i think uh, the national education policy is the most welcoming thing which we can expect as an uh, you know change in the education system the kind of curriculum they'll be following i have i mean i'll be passing out in my school by that time but i have a lot of hopes for my juniors and you know people who will be entering into the system that they'll have better skills and better uh, you know analytical and critical thinking than us and maybe they'll be uh more intellectual and more aware about what goes down in our country or in the world at large uh, apart from that i think basic things basic reform school can take up is you know just ha- making children read newspaper in school or maybe just reciting the news on a daily basis which some schools do but for that matter most of the students very nonchalantly take it they do not listen they are engrossed somewhere else they're having two sided conversations in their so i think there's a, a dire need for educators to orient their students into this mold of what should be rather than what has been so yeah that's all i had to say yeah makes complete sense that you know make education relevant that you know that these textbooks themselves are getting outdated now that when you're teaching concepts like when you're teaching something such as economic stabilization in your country talk about how it's happening currently like talk about how the current government is responding like if not you like don't take sides but at least put forward the situation so that kids can you know have analyze it for themselves with that i guess we have tried our best like we've, we've as people who are the victims of the system who tried to put forward their opinion um, in the second part we have um, mr sahil nahar come in he has his ngo and he's in pune and um, our teammate kamya will be you know conversing with him and hopefully we'll get to know like much more and there's a lot that is in stock for the listeners of zabani so stay tuned we have for the part b of zabani um 
Until then, um, follow us on Instagram, the Safe Friendship Program. Stay tuned. Um, do you have anything to add, Yashika? Like any final no, comments? thank you everyone for bearing with our uh, manifestation of our frustration. And that will be all. Stay tuned. So, thank you so much. Thank you for listening in. Stay tuned for the part B of this episode.